from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. That's right. Starting five on The Drive here on 99.9 The Fan. As always, we start with number five. UNC beat Minnesota, which, by the way, uh, we need to have a conversation with the Virginia schools. They're really bringing down the ACC's dominance of yeah, the SEC are. in the Big Ten. That's uh, as of right now, it's they're what eight and four, eight and five, eight and five. against the Big Ten and the SEC combined, with four of those losses being Virginia and Virginia Tech. Uh, but North Carolina holding up their end of the bargain. UNC beating Minnesota, a Big Ten school. Uh, doing so handily i like it now here's the part where you could argue i'm being anti-unc or pro-unc it's really up to you it depends if you want to be angry or not um i still think north carolina hasn't played very well compared to their ability now they're they're winning right beat south carolina in the battle of carolinas just raved about how they beat a big 10 school like they're 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 winning but at the same time, uh, I think they have they have much more. Okay, so beating Minnesota is great, and if and if you want me to just you know blow smoke and praise and, and love up on a team for beating Minnesota, I mean I guess we could do that. Yeah. But I think it's it's almost more of a compliment that I watched that game. You won by, but uh, you know a good amount, and I'm still going. I'm a little underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I mean Drake May threw for 414 yards. Name McCollum at 15 catches, 165 yards, and a touchdown. Doesn't that just show that there should be more there? Like, yeah. if you have the ability to do that, don't you have the ability to have more than two touchdowns and two interceptions passing? If you have the ability to do that against a Big Ten school, don't you have the ability to have more than four touchdown passes through three games? If you have the ability to do that, don't you have the ability to not to not feel like Tez Walker is so blatantly missed if you have a wide receiver like Nate McCollum? I'm looking at this and I'm going Carolina, I think at the end of the 2023 season is either going to be playing for the ACC championship game or they're going to be sitting around going, how in the world are we not playing for the ACC championship game? Right. They're either going to live up to their potential and be one of the best teams in a good conference, or they're, they're going to be left around kicking themselves going, we really let something get away here. Didn't we? Well, we, we talked about before the football season with with college football, it seems like, takes about three weeks to kind of really figure out who you are and like all right what do we do well do we not do well and and mm-hmm. really adjust and, and then ramp things up especially you get the conference play well maybe that's the thing for carolina it's like maybe that this is the first three weeks okay we figure out what we can do well yep. okay we are learning that we don't have tez we know that now like officially known that for a couple of weeks now who are you moving forward <laughs> now what's the best thing for your team what do you guys do well what do they not do well Maybe this is the thing. Like, maybe they're going to start peaking week five, six, seven, and then we're going to start to see Drake May throwing that consistently 350-plus yard games and and three-plus touchdowns, like the big major blowouts that we expect and we know that they're capable of being. Maybe it's just taking time to get there because we have seen teams start off hot, but they plateau early and they kind of fizzle. Maybe it's the opposite. They're slowly ramping things up, then they're going to take off. I don't know. Time will tell in that regard. Dennis, you're aware. I'm sure our, our listeners are becoming aware. I like to name my theories. Yes. You, you've you've stumbled into what I call the Step Brothers impact. Go on. Step Brothers, the movie. Yes, absolutely. Cinematic classic. 
uh, Will Ferrell, uh, John C. Riley. There's a scene in in uh, Step Brothers where they're interviewing for a job. Yeah. And they're interviewing to be like stock boys at a sporting goods store. Yeah. Uh, but they show up in tuxedos. Tuxedos. And they're they're really off rhythm. They're they're kind of you know doing this whole weird thing because they're ridiculous characters. And uh, the hire the hiring guy, I think it's Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> Is like, you know what, guys? I get it. You're making jokes here. It's weird. You're making fun of the process. You know what? I, I like you. I'm going to give you the job. John C. Riley then uh, passes gas yes. in a very dramatic way. It's 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 a Will Ferrell movie. Like, what are you going to do? I can taste it. Uh, and and then you, Seth Rogen's character does this. He goes, you know what? Now that that happened, the, the, the tuxedos don't seem cool anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, an event that took place after another event change the way you think about the previous event right so what i mean by that is if carolina puts it all together if if drake may ends up throwing for you know 40 touchdowns over the last 10 games yeah right? like they put they make it to the acc championship heck maybe even win an acc championship then i'm gonna look back at these three games that i've seen where they weren't living up to their potential and say where they it felt like they weren't pushing their potential. I don't want to say they weren't living up to their potential. They were winning games. Um, and I'm going to go, you know what? They were dealt a hard hand at the beginning of the year. The Tez Walker thing. Nate McCollum was injured there early on. It was a really tough. They were working through it. And, and right, the, the events later on are going to change the way I think of those three games. The Step Brothers effect. Yeah. If, However, if, you know, they drop a game on the road that they shouldn't, if, if Drake May ends up without super elite passing stats i'm going to look back and go no that those first three games were the canary in the mine it was the first thing showing us that they weren't focused on on living up to all of their immense talent and potential but i'm basically just admitting that something that happens from this point forward could change the way i remember those first three games in the same way that the passing of the gas changed the way he looked at wearing the tuxedos yeah right it's like you know what no now that i see how this ended that beginning wasn't cool, right? Yeah. Now that I've seen the way this ended, that beginning was all right. They were working through some stuff. So it's it's the Step Brothers effect. We're going to see how it happens. Step Brothers impact, sorry. Uh, we're going to see how this one goes moving forward. That's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Speaking of the Carolina Tar Heels, Sam Howell is a former Carolina Tar Heel. Sam Howell. Won a game for the Car or I keep wanting to do that uh, for the Commanders over the weekend, and it was not an easy one. Okay, I wanna I wanna paint this picture for you. Sam Howell in his third career start is up against Russell Wilson in his roughly 700 millionth career start. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson in the Denver Broncos, coached by the way by Super Bowl champion coach Sean Payton. Uh, they go up. What was it? 21 to three. Yeah, it was 18 point game. 21 to 3. Now, most young quarterbacks, when they go down 21 to 3, one of two things happen. They either get really, really tight, back muscles tighten up because they're worried about what is coach going to say? What is the film going to say? What is Twitter going to say? What is Dan Orlovsky on ESPN going <laughs> to say? Right? What one clip is, is ESPN going to break out of this and, and show that this is everything I do wrong in one clip? The other thing that can happen is they go, all right, we're down 21 to three, right? People remember comebacks, let's go. And it definitely felt like Sam Howell did that, right? Uh, he looked at his defense and he said, all right, Chase Young, you're back, make a play. 
He said, uh, all right, Montez Sweat, make a play. He said, all right, defend uh, um, Manuel Forbes, our first round pick, go get an interception. And, and, and when you guys make those plays, offense is going to be ready to take, you know, we've adjusted our risk reward measuring. We're going to be more aggressive. We're going to go try to find a way to, to, to score some points and we'll be, we'll be good enough to make the comeback if the opportunity arises. And do you realize how veteran of a, of a mindset that is? Yeah. For a guy who turned 23 years old two days ago, the 16th. So actually, quite literally, he was 23 or yeah, 23 in one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, and he was acting like he was 33 in one day. That is valuable, right? That is impressive. That is the part of the 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 part of the quarterback that is really, really hard to evaluate, right? During the pre-draft process, you can watch all of the film in the world of Carolina over the last three years, and you can see Sam Howell make every throw, right? You can go back to his freshman year and see him make every throw. Uh, you can get him in a room. You can take him for a, uh, at the combine. You get him in a room for 15 minutes. You can bring him in for a workout. You can get him on the, the whiteboard and see if he understands football, all right, against this uh, you know, draw up a three wide receiver set. We want you to run this play into this defense. What are you going to do? What are your reads? What do you expect? What are your keys? And he can, you know, get the dry erase marker and he can fill it all out and he can do it for you. There's really no way to test how you're going to react when you're down 21 to three to, to Russell Wilson on the road in Denver. Yeah. You, you got to be out there to, to judge it. He was out there and they won the game. <laughs> like <laughs> eventually got they got an 11 11 point lead that's the thing they got they were down oh, yeah. 21 three before you know up they're up 35 24 and then it's a completely different vibe and oh by the way like uh you know russell didn't necessarily it's not like the other team started wetting the bed yeah right there's there are those comebacks right those comebacks where you get down 18 18 and then you come back and it's like we didn't even really have to play that well it was yeah. Right, they, they got loosey goosey and lackadaisical because they had the lead, and you know we just had to, to catch the bad passes they were throwing and run them back for touchdowns. This was not that. The Commanders came back to win the game against a team that didn't necessarily hand it to them. I give Sam Howell's leadership a lot of credit for that. Also, Chase Young and that defense, and also Terry McLaurin's pretty good, and yeah. also special teams. But uh, but I give Sam Howell a lot of the credit as a leader. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. I think I've earned this rite of passage a few times now. Okay. I was accused of being a uh, a lover, an over-the-top lover of Duke on Twitter. Oh, wow. Beca- because I gave them credit for beating Northwestern handily, and I said that Riley Leonard and Mike Elko are going to be attractive candidates uh, for anyone looking for coaches and quarterbacks this offseason. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, doesn't mean they're going to leave, but... If I'm Northwestern, I'm making the call. Doesn't mean someone's not going to try. Exactly. At Michigan State, they just announced today that they are uh, officially moving forward with firing Mel Tucker with cause. Oh, wow. So, and they notified him in writing, which is part of the whole with cause. Now they have to go through that uh, litigious war. But um, if I'm Michigan State, I'm keeping Mike Elko's name on the short list. Yeah. Uh, there's, There's a lot of good coming out of Duke. But also... Duke might take this, like Duke fans might take how we're treating Duke as a bit of an insult because, right, we're talking about college game day being in the mix for two weeks from now when Notre Dame goes to Duke. Maybe they'll go to to Wallace Wade. Maybe they'll go to Wallace Wade. 
And I'm, I'm saying, well, guess what? It's impressive for Duke to even be in the mix. Yeah. All right, that shows how far their program has come. That's a bit of a backhanded compliment, right? So I'm not sure I deserve the ridicule for being a Duke lover. Yeah. Not, not that I really, you know, doesn't affect me. Just give them credit where it's due. It's a team is playing well. Yeah. They have a quarterback that's playing well. Look at the, the big boards, right? Like Mel Kuyper and all these are, are really moving Riley Leonard up. The only quarterback I've seen that's that's rising more quickly this year as far as the analysts and the evaluators is Shador Sanders. Everybody else yeah. is, and he's gone from like, yeah, nice prospect to top 10 pick according to some. Yeah. Um, everyone else is kind of, Riley Leonard is one of the guys who's got the it factor right now. He's making unbelievable plays with his legs and he's being efficient throwing the ball with, as Mel Kuyper writes every single time on his big board, uh, the projectable talent as a passer. Yes. So, right, some fine-tuning, some polishing still needs to be done, but he has the the projectable skills. So I'm, I'm looking at Duke, and I'm saying, listen, you, you beat Northwestern by a bunch, and that's still a big deal. If you keep playing like this, beating a Northwestern team that is completely and totally in shambles right now, it's not going to be impressive anymore, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's good now. It's impressive now. It won't be like that for long if you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, oh, by the way, you show well against Notre Dame in two weeks. Take care of business at UConn this week. If you show well against Notre Dame when they come to town, I mean, that's, that's you know, gasoline on a fire, right? That's that's the part you really, really want to be afraid of uh, as far as the, the hype getting out of control. That's number three. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. Starting five continuing here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan, live from the Glenwood uh, location, downtown Raleigh, Carolina Alehouse. Be sure to stop out, say hi, enjoy some uh, Cheetos specials. They have Cheetos wings, Cheetos uh, chicken sandwiches, Cheetos zingers. As you see, uh, if you're watching on our WRAL Sports Fan video stream, yes. Dennis is checking out the Cheetos specials menu as we speak. Uh, so stop out and say hi. Stop out and say hi. We'll be here for the entirety of this show, and we're hanging around for the Panther game after, which does start at 7.15. Uh, number two on the starting five right now, NC State beat VMI by a bunch. Uh, this is another one of those, of course you beat them by a bunch. Good job. It's better than not beating them by a bunch. You're supposed to. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the expectation, yeah. right? If you want over-the-top praise, you have to go over the top of expectations, not just over the top in a win. Um, I like what I saw at points for NC State. I'm still thirsting for big plays and explosives, and and not just after you tired out VMI, right? I... I'm actually, you know, I feel very similarly about what we've seen from the Carolina Panthers offense and what we've seen from the NC State offense, which is you're making mostly good decisions. Yeah. Right. You're you're the house isn't on fire. Right. There's no reason to panic. But I, a lot of modern football is about picking up chunk plays and you're not doing that enough. No, you're leaving a lot to be desired in terms of of the plays that get your your defense hyped on the sideline when your offense is on the field, uh, right? The, you're picking up first downs, right? Your, your, your successful play rate is up there. 
You're not getting behind the sticks often. You're not getting a horrendous amount of penalties. You're not turning the ball over in egregious fashion. It's it's you're just missing the thing that takes you over the top. And by the way, this isn't a like an easy fix, right? It's not, there's there are coaches and GMs that spend their entire careers looking for explosive players and taking chances. It's why every year you see someone like at the combine run a four three three, and it's like even though we watched three or four years of them in college not make big plays, mm -hmm. they still get drafted in the second round because it's it's like they might be the guy that can take a seven yard play and turn it into a sixty yard play, and and that is crucial in in the NFL and in modern college football. So I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at this Panther team, or sorry, I'm looking at this this NC State team and saying a lot of the same things I say to the Panthers, which is do what you have to do to make big plays. Yeah. Right? Scheme them open. Trick play them if you have to. Uh, you know, reach deep into the bag of tricks. Uh, you know, every offensive coordinator has that one play that they thought might work 10 years ago, and, and then they got talked out of it by some head coach they were working for. Bring it out. Right? Float it. Let's, let's, let's see if Coach Doran will be the gunslinger to let you try. Yeah. Uh, Robert and I, you're a creative guy. Right? Or, or how about this? run a decent amount of plays with Jordan Houston at slot and Michael Allen in the backfield, right? Have a Bradley Rosner, who I'm calling the elder statesman. See what I did there? Oh, state, yeah. NC State, statesman. Yeah. He's an eighth-year senior. He's caught touchdowns in two straight games. If he's going to be your guy, I mean, let him be a jump ball guy. Uh, I heard on the pregame show for uh, the, the driving into the game, he was a 6'7 high jumper at Rice. He jumped high jumped six feet seven inches he's six five six four and a half whatever he is if he's going to be your guy all right let's draw up some plays where you get him one-on-one -on -one with corners right find like spend a day in your your scouting going into next week where you're looking at the defense and you're looking at just motions and formations where you know the short corner is going to be guarding whoever's playing this position and then make rosner play that position and throw the jump ball like like do what you have to do to manufacture big plays because right now you're not getting enough of them. And I know, you know, you did end up getting a 64 yarder to was it Julian gray. I like, I, 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 you did enough against VMI. I'm not sure that would have been enough against other teams. You're going to be facing once the conference schedule gets started this Friday. That's number two. Let's go. Number one. Go one! Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Panthers play tonight. Yeah. Division game. We've already established it's a must-win game. 
We did. Must win. If not, kiss your playoff chances goodbye. Is that enough pressure for a week two game? A little bit. I'd the, say it's enough. <laughs> maybe we could add a little extra, right? Yeah, why not? We could add a little extra, like saying things like, uh, I don't know, maybe with two backup guards starting, Bryce Young, you want to make sure he doesn't get David Card, right? Yeah. You want to make sure he doesn't get hit so much early in his career that you ruin him? Oh, and by the way, has anyone watched uh, uh, Justin Fields recently? Yeah, there, he doesn't look good. There's part of me that thinks the way the Bears have treated him, the way the Bears have built around him, I'm, the way that the way the the call the way they've called plays is going to be really really tough for him to come back from. Did you see DJ Moore on the uh, the out route? I do not. Okay, this is fun for Panther fans because uh, everybody knows DJ Moore. He's a good good wide receiver. Yes, we miss him. Uh, very much so. Deep deep ball. Yeah, remember PJ Walker throwing it really far far to DJ Moore, and now this year you're worried about explosive plays. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I can tell you he's not having more fun than he had in, in Carolina with the, oh. the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields takes the snap, has great protection, bounces around, doesn't even look towards DJ Moore, who's running a little out route wide open. And DJ just turns around, puts his palms to the sky. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. As Justin Fields runs into the defense and gets sacked. Uh, again, it's just one of those things. But I think the way they are calling plays for Justin Fields mm-hmm is making it very difficult for him to come back from. They are trying to treat him as if because he worked on his passing this offseason, he's now a pocket passer. Yeah. When I still think you need to lean on his legs for him to be effective now while he develops into a pocket passer, it needs to be like, you know, 70% mobile quarterback, 30% pocket passer. And then maybe next year, 55% mobile quarterback, 45% pocket passer. And the next year, 40% mobile quarterback, 60 And you need to do it that slowly. They're trying to go cold turkey with it, and I think it's going to end up ruining him. Oh, by the way, what's it? Two years and two, pre- two, two games into his career? Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, you can ruin Bryce Young pretty quickly. Yeah. Right? Two years, two, two. You're, we're already looking at him going, I'm not sure if he's going to come back from that. So eh, fix this stuff now, right? Don't let the don't let him get sacked too many times early in his career. Don't make him feel like he has to do too much too early in his career, and especially against divisional opponents in prime time. Uh, again, I name my theories. You've heard of the Matt Stafford effect. Matt Stafford, when he was in Detroit, uh, pretty much our entire opinion of him would be based off of how well he played on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. because when he was playing in the one o'clock slate for all of the other Detroit Lions games, nobody watched. You might catch him on red zone. But, you know, there were too many other good options than watching the Lions. But if you watched him on Thanksgiving and he balled out, then you were like, oh, he's so good. He's just on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Your, your entire opinion was based on how he played in primetime. So guess what? Bryce Young, yeah. you're playing on Monday Night Football. Most of the country is not going to watch your 1 o'clock slate games on no, Sunday. they're not. They're going to watch tonight for the first hour especially because then you'll be split between the two Monday Night games. And they're going to base their entire opinion of you off of tonight. You want to be in commercials? You want to make some money? You want to do those sorts of things? Better play well from the jump tonight. But again, no pressure. It's just a must-win game. Your playoff chances are on the line. Maybe the development of you as a quarterback and the opinion that the public will have of you nationally, no pressure. And the reason why we say must-win, we threw out this stat earlier, is that since NFL fully expanded to 32 teams, and the divisions were restructured to what they are now. Mm-hmm. So basically 20 years. 
better part of 20 years. I think it's like since 2001, but basically it's the last 20 years. Teams that start 0 and 2 on the season, but those two losses are both divisional losses. Mm -hmm. It's happened six times. So it's a little bit of a unique schedule because usually you don't start the season with two, uh, two divisional games. Usually you don't. But they did, and and they would have lost both. Again, that's why yeah. tonight's a must win. So yeah, the teams have gone zero and the the six teams that have gone zero and two in their division, and also zero and two games. in the first two games of the season, all six of them missed the playoffs. Mm. All six, and now the Bengals actually did it this this season as well because they lost to the Ravens yesterday and also lost to the Browns to start the season. So they're zero and two and zero and two in the AFC North. So we also mentioned it as well is that if the Panthers lose today. The Saints, the Falcons, the Bucks are all two and zero, and the Panthers would be zero and two. You're now you're just chasing. You're chasing three other teams, and you have to hope that they lose games. You know, you're hoping and praying mm -hmm. that they lose games that you can't control because you've already lost two divisional games. <laughs> you only have four more divisional matchups. There's only so much you can do to catch that. You don't want to be chasing this far behind, just and, two games into the season. And also go back to Bryce Young. Chasing is bad habits. Yes. Chasing is being overly aggressive, chasing like it's you know, desperation. Exactly. And you don't want that. You want them to be comfortable and, and happy and, and yeah, chilling. You want to be in a want. position of control. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info/sps. Your journey begins here.